following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Regular season is in the books, and people are still watching football. Doesn't matter whether the games, some of them have been garbage. There's bad quarterback play. The officiating's terrible. What did I see? Overall ratings in the league were up 10% for this year. And I had a talk with one of the business owners in town who I kind of BS with, and he's a big football fan, loves the Cowboys. Midway through the season, he gave up. Just stop watching. Why? Because he was tired of the product. Hmm. And I said, well... Did the product change? Tired of the officiating, tired of all the rules. He was just tired. And his team is doing relatively well. So, like, did he just give up football, period? Or did he just become, like, a college guy? I think he just gave up, period. Huh. Interesting. And I saw him this morning when he came in for for one of his deals uh, with the radio station. I said, well, ain't gonna miss you. Yeah. It's up 10%. He said, well, I'm not their demo anymore. This this now resembles more WWE than it does football. That was his take. Okay. That's that. That's just, I said, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to keep watching, and I'll probably bitch with the rest of them when things know, go bad. I, I didn't know the games were predetermined <laughs> like they like the matches in WWE are, but all right, teach his own, I guess. You know, but it's it's this it's kind of another group of people who stop watching because of you know when the CE when the CTE stuff came out and you know they said I can't I can't contribute to the glorification of these people destroying themselves. Like we know somebody. Do you watch who, car racing? No. Do, do you do you watch X Games? I mean, do you watch hockey? I mean, what, what are we do? What are we do, talking about here? I mean, I don't. I, you know. I don't know. That, that's a that's a stupid way of none of that stuff of affects me. I, but it's I like, just don't look well, at it that deep. If ten million people leave the viewing of football per year, fifteen are joining. That's just how it is. So yeah, the NFL is never going to be affected by that. It's it's too popular. It's once you know for most people, it's once a week unless your team is playing on an off night. It's a very easy sport to follow because you can sit down on a Sunday for six to nine hours and watch three games. And, and you you're, most people are off work that day. It's a very very easy sport to follow. Um. So I, yeah, I I just don't I don't think there's anything. Other than if you find out that the games are predetermined, <laughs> I don't know what could possibly r- truly bring the league to its knees. That was going to be my question. Like, how, like, what catastrophic something I, would occur? Nothing. I, I really don't think any. I mean, even with the NBA, like, when they went through that whole thing with Donaghy mm-hmm. where he was betting on games, like, eh, it didn't really do much. There was, like, a slight. You know, maybe a slight dip, but about, that's about it. How about work stoppage? Like the same thing that happened to baseball when people were like, "No, no, no, we we're doing you guys. We got. Uh-uh, I'm not going back to you if that's the way that you're going to view this and that's the way you're going to you know value your craft and and inconsiderate of the fan base and all that stuff. Because a lot of people haven't gone back. Yeah, and that was a different time. You know, baseball was 
I think more important and more popular to people than it is now. Um, you know, the NBA's ratings have been down the last couple of years, and a lot of that's been contributed to the social justice stuff. A lot of people were very, very turned off by that when they came back in the bubble and it was all about Black Lives Matter and this and that and and Jacob Blake and the Bucks walking out in a game. That turned a lot of people off, and the finals ratings the last two years are like the two lowest in like 25 years. So we'll see. We'll see if that eventually turns around, but... As far as football goes, I I just don't see it. We'll see whether the playoffs have good ratings now that they've expanded. They've added an extra week of the NFL season. I could have done without Week 18, though. Yeah, I, you I, said that. I didn't. There was nothing that I found out in Week 18 that, that I didn't, didn't know, know through the first 17. Sure. Um, and then you because know, it doesn't really matter how long you extend it. There's a certain amount of things that are gonna go down to the wire. Yeah. But you don't need to figure things out about what teams are and how good they are and who's good by adding an extra week. Well, and there was really only one game that truly mattered. That was the lose release Town. And, it, and it was the yeah, it was yeah. the last game of the weekend mm-hmm. and you know, they like to pair the um they like to have the interdivision games at the end of the season. Right. But all the divisions are already pr- basically decided with the exception of like the NFC West and the AFC East, but those teams are Basically, even anyway, so it didn't really matter that much mm-hmm. where the seating was. So, I don't know. I mean, just back to what we were talking about, people aren't going to bitch if there's more football. Right. But I, I think it it dilutes the product a little bit. And, and then especially when you factor in all the shit with this year. Well, I would like to see what the ratings were for some of the games in the last week where... The, the early games were... Uh, uh, atrocious. That, that's what I mean. So, if, like, if you have two garbage dump teams that aren't making the playoffs that are basically just, you know, if you win or lose, you are going to move up or down the draft board. Like, is anybody invest? I mean, like I told you, some New York Giants fan, I don't know who they play. They were the they, Washington. Some season ticket holder was trying to sell his tickets. He went as low as $12. Yeah, I heard Cousin Sal on his podcast And say couldn't sell them. Six bucks is the lowest he saw. Six bucks. And you can't sell them for that yep. because would you would you want to spend that money and then the parking and then the consider whatever well, who, who it, for a hell, day to watch that football game live who the in hell, that weather? Who the hell wanted to watch that Viking Bear game? I didn't watch any of it. None. No, it wasn't on uh, Fox because the Packers were on, mm-hmm. and I wasn't about to waste my time watching that on one of the Red Zone channels. I mean, for what? <laughs> you know, huh? I just like, like I said. I've won, I, we're 17 weeks into it. I, I don't need to see, I've already seen what I need Season's to see. Season's over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Welcome to the intentional file. It's a good way to lead yeah. things off. Um, final week, Packers play the Lions. Game doesn't mean anything. Green Bay plays its starters. Offense does pretty well. They held a couple of guys out on defense. Um, Lions wind up winning. Love play, uh, plays in the second half, throws two picks. Uh, I thought he looked okay otherwise. I mean, I'm not ready to say, well, you're ready to be a starter in the, in that division. I mean, clearly. One of the picks was not his fault. It was tipped at the line. It wound up behind him. Uh, whoever the receiver was still wound up getting his hands on it, but then kind of popped it up even more into the um, into the uh, defensive back's hands. The last one, he just forced the throw because you're under two minutes to go and you're trying to secure a game-tying drive and you're just trying to make plays, and he made a bad one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there's there's situations to think of other than just well, making I a mean, bad well, pass. He basically has played six quarters yeah. this year. Um, 
not great. No. Not not very impressive. Nope. But at the same time, it's like Trevor Lawrence wasn't very impressive until basically this week. Uh, Fields was oh, shit. up and down. Wilson was up and down. Mac Jones was good for a while. Then he sucked for a while. So these young guys... It's so hard to tell because for the other than Jordan Love, all those guys are in dog shit situations, and then Jordan Love comes in, and I mean he's got to feel the weight of the world on him. I mean because every time he throws an incompletion or turns the ball over, Aaron Rodgers has got to be standing on the sideline thinking to himself, "Told you, right? Pay me, extend me." I mean he, they. I think they have. <laughs> I think they have worked themselves into a pretty good situation where or Rodgers has where it's like well I think at least if you're the Packers you you have a little more clear picture that in the short term love's not ready to be your guy correct I mean at least I think you found that out maybe you know maybe he sits one more year or two more years and maybe when he's 26 you're ready to start him but in year two he's not ready to be a an every every week starter in the league Packers were 8-0 and at home. Um, that really hasn't done much for them in the playoffs for their last 13 games, as you know, where they're just 7-6. and They're getting a boatload of players back this week in practice and also for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, Whitney Merciless came out of nowhere. Like, all the Packers beat writers were like, what? He's back? We didn't know that. Like, nobody made any mention of it, and all of a sudden he shows up at practice and goes through any, everything. Zadarius Smith is back. Josh Myers is back on the offensive line. Bakhtiari played a half and looked pretty good. Apparently he was guilted into it by a text message from Rodgers. Um, Devondre Campbell was back today. They held him out. So, I mean, like... Is that a good thing? What's that? That these guys are all back? I don't know. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, because... You can't you, all of a sudden you, you, just say, yeah, you go got, play a game. You, you got a lot of continuity, especially like on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a lot of continuity built up. And I know the Packers defensively, I don't think the last month were great. Um, but I don't know. You just you just start throwing these guys in, and now you're pulling other guys off the field that may or may, or may not have made some plays for you. So let me ask you know. this. Michael and I talked about this. He came up and... and and we watched the game against the Lions. When you have players that have been out on either side of the ball, what is the what is the biggest learning curve or getting back to form um, challenge? Speed of the game and, and conditioning. But, I mean, on offense or defense? Is it easier to assimilate yourself back into the defense when you've missed a while or back into the offense when you've missed a while? Because I, I would contend it's the offense based on what Lafleur draws up and the timing and all the stuff that, that he does. I think you can go in on defense, especially if you're up front on the line, and just do your yeah, thing. Yeah, I suppose it would be positional. It would matter where you're playing. Like, you know, an offensive guy, like a wide receiver, needs the timing. Right, routes, probably ins, more, outs. Probably more than, than Bakhtiari does. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, that. I'm not sure I didn't play enough football to to tell you that. So I'm not really worried on the defensive side of the ball. To me, you get players back, that's good. Mm -hmm. If they're better, that's fine. Offense, I mean, the line for as as many problems as they've had, getting better guys back, if you've done this well with dudes that you've had to elevate from the practice squad, I'm fine with you bringing back starters and then cobbling something together because the guys are just better. That's all. So here's a question for you. Sure. Are the Packers going to go 10-0 at home? Oh, my God. Because that's what they have to do to make I, the Super Bowl. I know. 
And I was talking to a buddy about that last night, and he, you know, he was like, "Wow, I didn't realize. I guess I didn't realize they were undefeated at home." And I'm like, "Yeah, I go, you know, if if you if you go back and look, there's not a lot of teams that go ten and zero at home, right. In football, mm-hmm. you know, this, so, so you, you're just playing the probabilities at this point. That's what I was telling him. I'm like, just just math would say it's really really hard to go ten and zero in the playoffs. But at the same time, I'm looking at the NFC, going, man. I don't know who's coming into Lambeau and winning right now. I just don't see it. I did, but there's been other years where we haven't seen it and it's happened. But I mean, just looking at the teams there, so they're not going to play the two seed. That's, I mean, that can't happen. Until the conference championship. Right, exactly. But I mean, in the first week, who are you really worried about, I guess, if you're a if you're a Packers well, fan, think, you're worried about I, the I think, Niners. I think Dallas. I think Dallas is your biggest fear. Yeah. Because I was, I, I look at that Dallas team, and, I mean, coincidentally, McCarthy is the coach. They kind of remind me of the 2010 Packers, honestly. I don't think they're, you know, they're not on, like, a, a late-season run like that team was on. But if you look at it positionally, like, you've got a star quarterback. Dak's not as good as Rodgers, but he's he's a star quarterback. You've got... A plethora of weapons. You've got good tight ends. You've got two really good running backs. You've got a very, very good offensive line. And you've got a defense that, while they'll give up points, they will turn you over and they will turn them into touchdowns. It's kind of the same formula that McCarthy won with a decade ago. Um, I don't think they're going to have quite the cupcake run that that Packer team had. Where I mean, you're not going to get to face Jay Cutler in the conference championship right. game. You're going to have to play Tom somebody, Brady yes. or or the Rams or somebody like that. But I don't know. I mean, that Niner team's really hot, and they could present some problems because they've got two dudes that are unbelievable in Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And anytime them dudes are on the field, whoever they're playing, they're a problem. But I just think Dallas as a whole, um, and I don't think Dallas, I, I think they would be very, very excited to go into Lambeau and play that game for a lot of reasons. But um, I agree with everything you just said. I'm not sure McCarthy is smart enough to know what it takes to, to do what it takes to beat the Packers. Like, you know if the 49ers are going to come in there, they're going to run the ball a shit ton. And I thought Minnesota would have done the same thing until they ran Dalvin Cook five times and they gave up. And that's the rub. And know? I'm not sure McCarthy is smart enough because we he has a pattern of just not doing what is necessary or what is, the you know, it's over, like Coach O says, it's, he's constantly overworking the BB. Do you, do you want to give the ball to Zeke probably 25 to 30 times in that environment? Probably. Are you going to do it? Right. Probably but, not. And that's been their problem all year is they get into these situations and all of a sudden, it's the third quarter, and they've run the ball nine times, and they've thrown it 32. Right. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why? Why? I don't understand that. An environment can should dictate some of that, and I just don't think, even though with this history, it should be 101 to tell you that that what, what's needs. But I, I just, I'm... Yeah, I'm just not sure he can pull that off. I hear you, man. I it's, guess it's it's so it's um, got to be the biggest fear that Cowboys fans have as their coach. Yeah, so I think I think they win. You know, <sighs> to answer your question, this is going to be the kiss of death. Yeah, I think they do go ten and zero at home this year. I don't know what happens in the Super Bowl. Who they yeah, play? Who knows? Who knows? But but no, I don't think that someone comes in there and beats them this year. 
At least this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't. So, uh, okay, so you didn't watch any of the Bears. No, thank God. And, and, and I mean, Minnesota- I was kind of keeping track a little bit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But the real story this week for the Bears is not the game. Well... Is it? There, there's a little bit. Okay. I mean, they're up seventeen to three or fourteen to three or something like that, and and then in the second half with a two touchdown or a double digit lead, Nagy ran the ball like four times. It's just, I mean, it was just a microcosm of his entire tenure there, where the play calling and the decision making is just bad. And I didn't watch any of the game either, obviously, for the same reasons that, that that you said. I don't have red zone and it wasn't broadcast. But I'm reading the game story the next day, and I went. I thought you were going. I thought you were starting Fields. Mm. Well, yeah, something they held him out. I think I don't know. Was it an ankle or okay, something anyway, like it, that? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but and then you get to the end of Sunday and you get to Black Monday and things explode. I mean, the the the, the closest two teams to us here in Wisconsin are the Bears and the Vikings, and they both can their coaches and general managers. Mm-hmm. Um, were you surprised at? The latter, the general manager, well, rather than the coach, because you knew the coach was there. Be. There was a lot of reports from pretty reputable NFL people that there was there was a lot of talk that Pace might survive and actually get a promotion restructuring. You know, yeah, that's right. to the director of football operations. Um, that did not happen. I think um, for the first time in a while. I think it came off like Bears management made the right call. Um, This dude had been there for seven years. He had traded away multiple first-round picks. He had traded up for two quarterbacks. Um, he He had run through now two coaches. He had not improved the most important thing when you draft two quarterbacks. He had not improved their offensive line at all. Um, I just think that it was time. Obviously, Nagy, I mean, there was just no way they could bring him back. I, I think they knew the fan base would revolt if they brought him back. I mean, it just wasn't going to work. But but then, you know, in, in, in typical Bears fashion. Okay, hold on. Before you get to this, are you sensing at this point as a Bears fan, okay, mm-hmm. we're trending in the right direction. This is what needs to be done. Cautiously optimistic. Maybe at, they're at figuring like this out. At like 9 30, 10 o'clock Monday morning. Right. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. All right. Then about 1 30, it goes into the tank. The wheels just fall yeah. off again. Yeah. So George McCaskey, who basically runs the team, comes out to give his press conference and talk about, you know, firing Nagy and firing Pace. And it. it some of the some of the things that he said were, are are kind of amazing. So Jeff Dickerson, Bears reporter, we talked about it last week. He passed away from cancer. So McCaskey comes out and you know basically gives a shout out to Dickerson and his family and thanks people that have donated to the cause for his young son. But then in the same breath, he proceeds to trash bear fans for the way bear fans treated Nagy. Not really the time or place to do that. Um, There was a story that came out about a week, week and a half ago, Olin Krutz, former all pro center. um, He had a couple of years ago, I think 2018, he had had conversations with Harry Heistad, who was the offensive line coach. And 
they had just, and also with Ryan Pace, and they had decided that they wanted to bring him in, not as a full-time coach, but they wanted him to be there during player hours to kind of help the, help the line. So the Bears came up with a plan, and they basically offered him $15 an hour to do this job. <laughs> and Kroots, you know, he just kind of laughed at it, and he's like, I'm not doing that. And he didn't make a big deal out of it. He he told the story last week, and, and the way he was telling it, he was he was illustrating kind of the dumbassery of the front office, but he I, I don't it didn't appear that he was trying to throw pace or anybody under the bus. No, it was an overall yeah, it was philosophical just a, it was just a like, story. This is how this, is, this stuff works. Exactly. So then McCaskey is asked about it in the press conference, and he basically calls Olin Cruz a liar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he does. He calls him a liar. Says what you, what he says you you have to take with a grain of salt. Olin Krutz goes on the score the next day. Oh, my and, God, and he, and he lights well, and, them up. And he brought the receipts. He brought the receipts. He's like, call Harry Eistead. I have it on record. I have, it on, I have a voicemail and a text on my phone corroborating what I'm saying. I talked to Ryan Pace this morning about this, and he corroborated it. He wrote the goddamn contract out that said I would be made making $15 an hour. He's like, so he, and he even said, he goes, maybe McCaskey didn't know about this, which is a problem in of itself. But for a guy that was on your team for a decade, who's one of the best linemen they've ever had, who's a borderline, borderline Hall of Fame lineman, multiple-time All-Pro, you just going to call him a liar? Why? Because he because uh, in the... Because it makes in the, you no, look bad. Because in the after show, after the game, on NBC Chicago, he rips you. He rips the team. He calls you out so that you don't like that, so you're going you're gonna to defame his character. Not good. Um... Ted Phillips, who is kind of like the the financial guy, um, he's like one step below McCaskey in the pecking order. He's going to stay in his job and quote unquote focus on the new stadium in Arlington. But then, in the same breath, he's also going to be involved in hiring the GM. And McCaskey himself said that McCaskey is a quote unquote "I'm a fan, fan, not a football guy." Yes, but he's so you got two guys that aren't football people that are going to hire the next GM and coach. And apparently they've got Bill Bill, Poli- Polian. Bill Polian's corpse is is propped up in a chair searching a, a, this a, committee. A guy who hasn't been in the league in over a decade. A guy who said Lamar Jackson should play wide receiver. A guy who beat you in the Super Bowl fifteen years ago is now the guy you're looking to that's going to rebuild your your franchise at like age eighty five. <laughs> Like, a couple of years ago, they tried this with Ernie Accorsi, and they ended up with Pace and Nagy. So, I don't know. I mean, I've said it all year long. I have zero confidence when they do fire these two guys that they're going to be able to bring in two more people that are going to be any good because the guys calling the shots don't know what they're doing. You know, he says, McCaskey made the comment about the board of directors wants him to stay on in his capacity. And I saw on Twitter somebody put uh, the seven people on the board of directors' names up. Six of them ended McCaskey. So, like, his brother, his mom, his nephew, his uncle, and his cousin all want him to stay. Well, what a surprise. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, they he embarrassed himself. The franchise is, I mean... They are an embarrassment, in my opinion. They should. This is one of the pillar franchises in football. Packer fans can roll their eyes at it. They can rip on the Bears for not having a quarterback for a hundred years. 
They're one of the six or eight pillar franchises in the league, and the league is better when they're good. But they can't get out of their own way, man. They just can't. I, I don't, you know, I've been following who they've asked permission to interview for GM and for coach. It's like half the league. <laughs> I've seen a couple of names, and granted, I don't know backgrounds for these people. I saw one, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I, I should have saved a screenshot. But there were several people, especially in the Packers circles, when they they brought this name up, and I don't know if it was Biggs or somebody else, and, and but they brought the name up, and the Packers people were like, whoa, this might be a good get for them. This person is very well-respected. They've studied under so-and-so. This would be a good hire. So it seems like at least in the net that they're casting, they're trying to cover as much territory as possible and find, you know, and leave no stone unturned. Whether that means they're going to make the right decision, I don't know. As you have probably intimated, probably not. You don't have a lot of confidence. But they're, they've asked, I think they've asked Leftwich about the coach. Or is that Minnesota? They've they've asked about Bowles. Leftwich and Bowles. Yep. Hackett from Green Hackett Bay. Hackett from Green Bay. Uh, Flores is going to interview. Okay. Uh, they they interviewed Doug Peterson yesterday. Yes. They're going to interview Leslie Frazier. Yes. They, I wouldn't be surprised if they interviewed Jim Caldwell. Now, I think those guys are part of the Rooney rule, especially Leslie Frazier. They, they can't hire him. He was like 30 and 50 when he was the Viking coach. They, they, you can't hire him. Um, I, the, think they, I think they asked for Dable, the OC, for the yes. Bills. Yep. So they've got some guys, but, um, you know, I, I look at him and I'm like, Doug Peterson, no thank you. Um, Nathaniel Hackett looks good on paper. Is he a good? Is he good because he's got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones though? Got fired from Jacksonville because they were pretty good in Green Bay before he got there. Correct. And Lafleur is also an offensive coach. So how much is this guy really doing? Correct. You know, we've had that conversation. He's many not calling times. the plays, right? So, and then you get into they they're 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 currently interviewing coaches. Don't you usually hire the GM first? Because we got this is what happened to them last time. Once I saw the story and I talked about it on Tuesday when all the the Black Monday stuff had come in, and I usually if it's a two page story, what I really need is in the first three or four graphs. I saw a line at the bottom of page two that said there is also a strong possibility that they could hire a coach before the general manager, mm-hmm. and I highlighted that because I went. That's ass backwards. Well, they did this with, I know. when they hired Pace. They forced him. They already had made their mind up. They yeah. wanted to hire John Fox yes. before they hired you Pace. You saddle your GM with this guy, and the general manager has to come in and be like. And it's no different than Pace had already decided that Trubisky was his guy before he hired Nagy. Coach, right. So, so Nagy was strapped with him. Yeah, they just, it's, so it's, it's like, backwards. I don't know why you can't, why you can't wait and go down this pecking order. Like, to me, why are you even interviewing coaches right now? Well, I, think, I mean, I guess you got to get in line, yeah, and, and you I think know, that's you got, what it you is. Got to do that, but GM first, coach decide where you're going with the team. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to be in lockstep, and it just seems like these puzzle pieces are just in different places on the board. Now, I will say some of the executives that have been rumored to be possible interview guys, I've liked where they're coming from. One of the guys was um, worked in the front office for the Colts. Colts got a very, very good roster. One of the guys was uh, Elliot Wolf. 
He's a guy that has kind of been a hot commodity around the league for a couple years. Another guy, I believe, was uh, was from the Dolphins who had helped build that team up the last two years. I mean, granted, the Dolphins just fired their coach, but I, I think they've won 19 games the last two years. Not they've, not bad. They've had winning records. You know? They and, just aspired and, for more. And when Fitzpatrick and Tua are your quarterback, winning 19 games ain't bad in Especially the league. Especially in that division. Yeah. Yes. So in that respect, I, I'm, I'm okay, but... I don't know enough about these guys and what their current roles are in their organizations to really to really know. Because when they hired Ryan Pace, I was like, oh, guy from the Saints, personnel guy from the Saints. They've always got a good team. They've always got a good roster. They draft well. I guess this looks like it might work, but you never know. The talk right before they fired Nagy and right immediately um, in the aftermath, and it's kind of cooled off in the last 48 hours, was Harbaugh. Any thoughts about that, I guess? Well, I mean, on its surface, it would excite the fan base. Um, I mean, I don't know. if you're. We, we talked a little bit about it. I mean, there's some reasons for Harbaugh to leave Michigan. He probably ain't going to have much better year than he just did. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really hard to beat Ohio State year in and year out. Um, but you make a ton of money. You're pretty much your own boss. You're the I mean, king of the, Ann Arbor the, the, the right AD now. The AD really works for you yes. unless you commit a crime. It's all it's all at these big universities. Yeah. The coach is the biggest guy on campus. You know, so I, I'm not sure he's even in the mode of, of wanting to leave because I'm sure now, now that you've made the college football, now's when you're going, man, now I can recruit. You know, so. We just beat them. It's, we, just, it, we just went it, to the playoffs. It, it, it sounds good. Yeah. But again, like. Is he the right guy to put with Fields? You know, you, I, I, I feel like they they need to either hire a defensive coach, and then a, a, a and then a top notch O coordinator, mm-hmm. or you have to get somebody that has a proven track record of being able to work with a quarterback. I would prefer it to be a guy that's already coached, but at the same time, I saw Todd Bowles with the Jets. As a head coach, not impressed. As a D coordinator, he's great. Um, you know, I I've been very intrigued with Leftwich, and people say, "Well, he's got Tom Brady." Jameis Winston was pretty good in Tampa, with the exception of he would just do dumb shit, and you can't blame the coach for that. If a guy's getting tackled and he just throws it and it gets picked off, that is not the coach's fault. You know, it's like you can't get pissed off at Frank Reich because Carson Wentz is a jackass and does stupid things when he's in trouble. That's right. not his fault. Um, that's a guy that's intriguing to me, but he seems highly sought after. Yeah, yeah. So he's—I would think he should get a job at least somewhere. What my one of my buddies I was talking to is like they should go get B enemy from the Chiefs. Like all the things he's done with the homes. I go, they just had the Chiefs offensive coordinator. They're not going to go get the next one. I think they're probably that's not going to happen. Um, before we get to the results, we could just go around around the league. Yeah, just buzz through it because there's not much I mean, to talk about. Flores was uh, was fired in Miami. Um, obviously, the dude in Houston is not going to. Fangio, they played on Saturday. They they waited until Sunday to let him go. Somebody's going to swoop him up oh, as a D coordinator. And, and if he winds up back in Chicago, I would be ecstatic. And then the Giants, uh, Black Monday turned into Black Tuesday. They fired Joe Judge after two seasons that were not great. We haven't even touched on Zimmer and Spielman yet. Hard to bring um, back Joe Judge, a guy that's running quarterback sneaks on his own four. 
I mean, come on. What in the hell is that? It's it's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know. That's where you, you can get away with that if Mike Glennon's back there as your quarterback. <laughs> but if you've got anybody with any stones right. and anybody with any, any clout with that team, they're going, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. You imagine Lafleur telling Aaron Rodgers to oh do that. Oh my god! Rodgers would have probably called a timeout, walked like, over to him, and said, "What the what? fuck are you talking about?" Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, Zimmer, I thought, had been kind of playing with house money the last couple of seasons. Like there had always been, you know, a couple of games or a stretch during the last two seasons where it's like, "Is this it?" I think he was checked out. I think he Damn. wanted to get fired. Some of the comments he made the last couple of weeks. You could just kind of tell uh, he was just like, "Fuck this, I'm I'm getting fired anyway. I don't care." Well, and and like I was listening to, I was watching PTI yesterday, and they and they talked about what you know what, what one of the better destinations are with all these openings, and I think on paper, it's either Miami or Minnesota. I think the Bears are right up there. Okay, I think that with with having Justin Fields and the possibility of him being really good. And the Bears still got a pretty solid defense, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Um, I just don't know that I'd want to work for those people. That's the thing. Something to factor in. You know, it's, All it's right. It's like, hey, I could get a job at Apple, but I got to work for Steve Jobs, and he's a prick. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. So the Broncos lost to the Chiefs on Saturday, and the Cowboys crushed the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies. The Eagles to put them out of their misery. And then the Sunday games, like you had mentioned, the early ones were bad. Yeah. Um, Michael in our picking contest took Cincinnati, and he was unaware that they yeah were. nobody played. <laughs> right. no, nobody for them played. So the Brown, I mean, this was a meaningless game. Yep. Um, the Packers, we touched on that was meaningless. We talked about the Bears as well. Washington, we touched on God. against the Giants, twenty-two to. I mean, just a just a horrific football game, professional football game. And Washington is going to release their new mascot. I think they said the week before the Super Bowl. Mm, can't wait. So that, that's, can't wait to hear how stupid that is. They're going to mess it up. You know they'll mess they it are. up. Um, probably the upset of the year, I would think, it's up there. would be the Colts getting bounced out of the playoffs for a Jaguars team that did had that had no incentive to win mm-hmm. whatsoever. It actually probably cost them well, in the grand scheme of things, and they beat Indianapolis. The week before, Indy had a chance to win. They choked. And the week before, Jacksonville gave up 50 to the Patriots. And then they turn around and they, they hold... Indy to 11 points? Like, ah, you think boy. You think Indy just, like, oh, we're going to walk in there and we'll punch our ticket and, and leave? And... There has to be some of that. I mean, that and the Carson Wentz factor, dude's just not good. And he's on the hook for a lot of money. Low-scoring game, but uh, Pittsburgh with a OT win against God. Baltimore. I watched some of that game. I was not very impressed. No. Um, Tennessee had to come back and beat Houston. They were down big at one point. Um, for the number one seed, but I, I did anybody play? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I, know. Did, I didn't really watch that game. I'm a little surprised, and I think it's a little unfair. Houston fired their coach. Um, oh, I he mean, was saddled with a terrible situation. The dude won four games, and last year they won four games with J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. I think Davis Mills might actually be a quarterback. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's competent. At least in the short term, but I don't know that that that's another franchise that is not well run. Saints beat the Falcons by ten. Bills win the division. They put the Jets out of their misery. Um, and then in another OT game, 49ers beat the Rams. I watched the end of that game. Really good game. Yeah, it was. Um, yes, it was six times 
McVay has faced off against his mentor Shanahan six times. He's taken the L. That's that's a good stat. That's interesting, that's right? A good stat. Yes, it is. And I would say that probably in at least the last four of those games, McVay's had the better team, man, or at least the more talented team. Dolphins wind up with a winning record and beat the Patriots. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle with a with a win, high scoring win over Arizona. Yeah, that's just I thought was interesting. That's a choke job by by the Cardinals. You have a chance to win the division with the Rams losing and you lose See, at home to Seattle. And that's why when I look and we can talk about, you know, as we get to the playoffs, I just don't trust any of these NFC no. teams. Uh-uh. I don't like, trust really. There's only about 3 teams in football I trust. Like you have opportunities in front of you and you can't do anything with it. What what did I hear like I think I think the last 3 years in December Kingsbury's four and twelve or four and ten Ooh. is his coaching record. So you start out hot and then all they, of a they, sudden you... they they shit their pants last year. Yes. That's how the Bears got in at eight and eight. They sucked down the stretch this year, with the exception of the game where they beat Dallas. Um, yeah, they're they're not playing well going into the playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay takes care of Carolina. That was easy, and then uh, another fun game, and they Just, they flex that properly because it went to OT and the Raiders uh, knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs. I don't know how many games analytics wins you, but it certainly sticks out when they lose them for you. And, yeah. and that Charger team is very, very heavy on analytics. They called this dumbass timeout at the end of the game that just made no sense, and it cost them a, it cost them, and it cost us as fans the opportunity to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. And that kind of sucks. I don't know. I don't know what. We've reached the end of the season, and I'm still not sure what kind of team the Raiders are. That's one. Th- that's you know when we talked about it at the beginning. I don't need to see Week 18, you know, to to figure out who's who. You could probably give me another five, six weeks with Vegas, well, and I and I, I wouldn't know. I'll tell you what I do know about them. They're fucking tough. They're resilient, and people need to give David Carr or Derek Carr is Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. You got to give that guy some credit. I mean, you talk about your quarterback is supposed to be your leader. Coach got fired. Top receiver kills somebody and is in jail and is going to go to jail for a long time. Had another dude a couple weeks ago get a stupid drunk driving. That guy's hurt. I mean, he had a really, really good year. He's He's got to get some MVP votes. I mean, he obviously isn't going to win it, but... To get that team into the playoffs, they won their last four games. That's that's impressive. So Michael and I were talking about this, and, and we just mentioned it with Jacksonville, uh, with Indianapolis. Are these teams, when your fate has been decided and you're looking to rebuild and you have such already a high draft pick and a low number of wins on the season, are you dumb for trying to win these th- this last week? Are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, it depends on the draft. Depends on the draft and and your needs. Yeah, if if you know, and we they run into this in the NBA all the time, like teams at the end of the year that tank. Like if LeBron's sitting there, and you win two games in the last two weeks that you shouldn't win, then yeah, you're stupid. If you've got Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, um, Joe Burrow as a quarterback sitting there, yeah, you're dumb. But both, you know. There is no quarterback this year that that we know of. That's what I was just going to say. And, and, the, and the Lions are saddled with Goff. 
and, they, and Jacksonville just got picked their Lawrence. guy. Right. So, so it's like these. If it if it makes a difference, one or two spots in the top, they're still in the top five, top six, whatever. It's not going to make a boatload of difference. I think I'm, and this is probably the old school thinking that I have. Like I've always believed that in basketball, when you're a young team, even getting the eight seed and going in and getting your brains beaten by the one seed, I think that's good for you. Um, and in football, I think especially for a team like Jacksonville with a guy like Lawrence, who you hope is your quarterback for the next decade and a half, you got to have some positives. And if the last thing when they walk off the field this year is on a win, and it's a win when he played very well, I don't know how that's a negative. I mean, what are we talking about here? You're going to either draft that lineman from Michigan or a lineman from Georgia? Yeah. Like, what you know, I mean, chances are he's probably not going to be Reggie White or Aaron Donald, so it's probably not that big of a deal. It's just a foundational thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's somebody for you to build around. you got a piece you can plug in. It's not going to turn your team around. It's not going to turn around right. your defense. And these or, teams are so far away anyway, right. especially like Detroit. You need three or four more yeah. of those pieces yep. before you, you need can to actually. suck this year. You need to suck next year. You need to find a way to get rid of Goff and then hopefully get your quarterback and try again. Right. And then, then these guys have got a couple years in the league and they're able to do something. Yep. Um, so looking at the playoffs um, and some of these quarterbacks in in there, and, and that's one thing I was just – I kind of looked at the matchups as well, and we, and we can get back to the quarterback thing in just a second. I don't know how you do it, and I know you can't because you have to be in – it has to be in the in the fairest interest of the seeding, and that's just how it lines up with record stuff. I hate first-round matchups where teams have now played – their third time. It's yeah, yeah. I don't love it. It just, it's just you know, we run into this at the high school level yep. where you play these teams, and then all of a sudden your sectional has nine out of your ten conference teams, and it's basically like a conference tournament. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, it's just like, I, I love the Raiders and the Bengals. You know, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, okay. Um, Philly and Tampa, okay. You know, I mean, a uh, historic stuff from a Niners Cowboys perspective is great, but. I don't really want to watch New England and Buffalo no. again. I don't really want to watch Arizona and the Rams again. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you, you just put down playoff quarterback confidence. Yeah. Um, I wrote down the 14 quarterbacks, okay. <clears throat> 14 starters, and just kind of ranked them. Like, who do I have the most confidence in that can win a playoff game or two? And who do I have the least in? And, like, <laughs> the least, like, the top two – is easy. It's Brady and Rodgers. I mean, you can flip-flop them whatever way you want. Um, and then Mahomes is, like, right there with them. Those three, to me, are pretty clear. Um, I think the bottom five, well, the bottom four, I think you could put in any order. Uh, I had Hurts last, then Mac Jones, then Carr, then Roethlisberger. And the only reason I have Carr down there, no playoff experience. But these guys in the middle... Dak, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Stafford, Kyler Murray, Tannehill, Jimmy G. Any of those guys could end up in the Super Bowl. They really could. I mean, Jimmy G's already done it. If uh, if Tannehill gets Derrick Henry back, there's nothing that says they couldn't win two games. Um, Stafford doesn't have any playoff experience, He's though. got two games, and they lost both. Um, I guess my... My confidence with him, I've got him one, two, three, four, five. I've got him eighth out of so fourteen, right in the middle of the pack. Right, yeah, right ahead of Kyler Murray. Um, I just look at the talent around him. Should be able to pick you up. 
you're going to throw 15 to 20 balls to Cooper Cup, and he's going to get you a buck 50 plus and a score. That you already know going into the game. It's like Packers with Adams. But, you know, can Beckham do something? Can the running back do something? Can Higby do something? We'll see. But I don't know. I, I just, after you get past the top three guys, it's really a crapshoot with the rest of these quarterbacks. So it'd be interesting to see kind of who plays well. You know, does somebody, you know, does does Jalen Hurts go into uh, Tampa <laughs> and may, maybe not win the game, but scare the shit out of Brady and the and the Bucks? I doubt it, but maybe I kind of, I kind of have a feeling if if I'm looking at the first round, the guy who I guess would not surprise me to play well on the road and do something. I think it'd be Carr and the Raiders against the Bengals. Yeah, that's that to possible. me is not outside the realm mm-hmm. of a possibility, just given what Vegas has done all year. You know, yeah. this would be one of those things where like, oh. And, and how much do you trust the Bengals? You know, they've got no experience no. of being in this situation. No. You know, and, and it, it is just kind of funny, though. The Raiders are are a stupid call away from being the seventh seed or being out of the playoffs, but instead they're the five. You know, I mean, it's just funny how that works out. All right, so you dug up our, our, our predictions at the beginning of the season yeah. to see who we picked to do what? I did. Um, I don't know why I didn't give you a Super Bowl pick. Well, I think you did. I just can't okay. remember what right. it was. But So we both had four AFC teams, right? Uh, Chiefs, Bills, Titans, Patriots. Okay. Um, we both had Baltimore. We both had the Chargers. And you had Indy, and I had Cleveland. Those were those were the three we Man, missed. That would have been nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thank. Good job, Colts. Um, and we both had five in the NFC: okay. Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas, the Rams, and the Niners. For me, uh, Tampa, Packers, Rams, Cowboys, Cardinals. For you, right. we both had Seattle and Minnesota in, and Oof. we we missed on. Uh, I missed on Arizona, Philly. You missed on San Francisco, Philly. So pretty even. I still have my Super Bowl pick alive, which was Rams over the Bills. Um, That will not be my prediction going into the playoffs. But um, if I'm right, I will claim this as being right. (laughs) Well, you already nailed your November 29th prediction about the Packers. Technically, it's wrong, but in the spirit of... I am I am giving you that. Yeah, I had said that I thought the Packers were going to win out the rest of the year and end up 14-3. and three. If they play their guys, they win on Sunday. That's just the way it is. That's what I think. So That's I'm, I'm calling think. that a win. Okay. No, I'm I'm totally fine with that. So your first-round matchups in Wild Card Weekend, you got a couple on Saturday. You got the Raiders at the Bengals and then the Patriots at the Bills. <sighs> yeah, boy, um... It's it's funny you you look at the six games, and immediately you like all the home teams. But you know they're not all winning. They it's probably going to be like three and three or maybe four and two. I'm I, not taking Philly at Tampa. I like the I'm Bengals. Just, just not. I like the Bengals to win this early game, and I'm sticking with Buffalo to win the night game. Okay, I'm going to go with the Raiders and and Buffalo as well. Do you know? Did you hear what? Did you hear what Bart Scott said today about no. that that game? Because the New England Buffalo game, it's it's in Buffalo. It's going to be cold as shit. It's a night game. They said it might be close to like ten below. <laughs> Bart Scott on ESPN this morning 
said to Josh Allen he would recommend him to take Viagra before the game because it gets the blood moving. And nobody on set knew if he was being serious or not, but the look on his face was he was dead serious. I've never heard of such Like, if I'm cold in my basement, should I just pop a purple pill and just get just, the blood going? Man, that's... Forget that I'm, forget that I'm walking around the tent. But, hey, I'm warm. <laughs> what a weird thing to say, though. I don't... I've never heard of that before. No, and I'm going to go I mean, to I Google... Guess it, I guess the blood thing, I guess it the makes bu- sense. Right, the biology of the whole but and like, the chemical reaction, how do you, how fine. Do you, how do you factor in the other part of the pill, though? Can you like, play with that? Do they? Does a quarterback wear a cup? I don't know. I don't know anybody. For as... For as, for, I should rephrase. For as few pads that you see players wear nowadays, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to believe it, it you're wearing a cup. It doesn't look like they do when they're running around out there. Right. I mean... Because it's not as awkward as yeah, wearing I mean, we all play baseball yeah, with a cup right, on. You can't right. really run normally no. with that thing down there, so... No. Um, okay, so I'm going Raiders and Bills. Do you do you remember what the matchup this year has been between these two teams? What, Buffalo and New England, they yeah, split. The, the they Patriots split. won the first game when they threw the ball three times. Right, that's right. And then uh, Buffalo beat that's them right. the second game. All right. Uh, Sunday, the Eagles and the Buccaneers. That's in Tampa. You've got San Francisco and Dallas, and then Kansas City hosting Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who are you going with? Well, I think Tampa Canada? Bay and Kansas City win handily. Locks. Yeah, okay. I, I think that both of those teams at home win handily. <sighs> this Cowboy-Niners game is really one of the two games of the weekend. Um, I would love for... M- I would love for McCarthy to choke this one away. It would just be so poetic for me. It I just would. I get that, and, you know... Not that I want to see the Niners down the road. Yeah, the Packer fans that I've talked to, most of them don't want to see the Cowboys. I think that would be a much more fun divisional matchup. I mean, I got no horse in the race. For sure. Um, Well, I have one horse. I want the Packers to lose. But, um, boy, I'm going to go with Dallas. I have to go with Dallas. I do. As much as I'd love for him to just piss that away. Uh, And then there's a playoff game Monday night, which... I don't know how they factor in who's going to get screwed on the back end of who's going to have to play on short rest after that. That kind of... Well, this would lead me to believe the Packers would play Saturday the following week because if the Rams... Well, it depends. It'll depend on who win. If the Rams win, because they're the three, they would play Tampa. Mm-hmm. Then the, then the Dallas-San Francisco team winner would play the Packers. I would think the NFL would give the Rams till Sunday to play. You would think you would, so. You would think. It's awful tough to do to a team to make them play five days rest in round two of the playoffs. It's not really fair. Um, but you were right. I got five home teams I know, right? out that, of the six. And that usually doesn't happen. No. I'm going to go with the Rams. So am I. But, boy, I, I'm... As, Arizona it, just looks so bad this last month of the season. They have. They have. So, yeah, so, I got right. I got five home teams with the exception of what? No, I think I have six home teams. Don't you got Cincinnati winning too, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't like that, but <laughs> that's just kind of the way it shakes out. But right. if the Niners and the Cardinals were to win, wouldn't shock me. Sure. If the Raiders won, wouldn't shock me. New England beating Buffalo would be a surprise. I just Philly beating Tampa would be a surprise. Oh, the, 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 Philly and Pittsburgh—they're just not winning. Those would be like all-time playoff upsets. I haven't seen any lines yet. Have you? No, okay. I haven't looked, but All no, right. I haven't. All right, so playoff wild card weekend is here. Six games this weekend. Um, 
We can switch to the college game. There's got not really going to be much to cover. National championship. Uh, Georgia beats Alabama. It was a field goal fest in the first half. I didn't watch much of it. I watched a little bit of the first half, and then I was kind of turned off. Like, why am I watching? This is not very entertaining. Um, I thought it was really interesting after the game. Well, first of all, number one wide receiver and the sixth-ranked overall guy from Kuiper McShay blows out his knee. Yep. He's, he's First half, right? Yes. I think, yeah. So he hasn't decided whether he's going to come back or he's going to go pro. Um, and then I think I saw seven guys from Alabama have entered the transfer portal after that. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't under I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're backups. I don't know if they're starters. It just maybe they want to go somewhere and play. But I mean, you just played in the national championship and you're looking to get out of town. I just don't understand. Well, that's you know, your first. But gut, it, but gut reaction. It, but it could be like. Alvin Kamara went to Alabama, and he was behind, like that's uh, what I mean. He was behind like Yeldon and Derrick Henry and somebody else, and he's just like, I gotta go somewhere else. I'm never gonna play. And maybe they, st- they stack those positions. Maybe that's the case. Two guys from Georgia also went in um, to the transfer portal. So season's done. I mean, they they met for playoff expansion. I think on on Sunday or Monday morning, nothing was decided. They said they weren't even, there were people that were way far away from ideas that they had. And, you know, the contract isn't up until the end of 2025. This isn't going to get done for another couple years yet. No, right. It's just not. They're not going to decide on something right now with the current model still with years to go. They're just not, in, in in my opinion. So, Did you happen to see, it was pretty funny on social media, the reaction. There, there was a clip after the game in the press conference where Saban was sitting there yes. with his quarterback and one of his other players, and those guys were about to be dismissed, and Saban had to stop them and, and give this soliloquy about how important these guys were and this and that. And, you know, it was... It was just funny to see the reaction of people like, that's a real coach, and boy, oh boy, he's really behind his guys. And I'm just thinking to myself, actually, he's just starting recruiting for this season because he's he's talking to kids who are watching this in their living room with their parents who he already has a relationship with. He's not talking to me and you. So you think that was all, 100%. all an act? 100%. Well, I don't want to say an act, but but, you know, Anytime a college coach does that in front of the media, it's it's there's some performance it's, to it. It's purposeful. For sure. Okay. Interesting. I just thought that was kind of funny. All right. Um, I didn't even put the college basketball stuff on here, but oh, we'll okay. go through that real quick. Yeah. Um, Badgers continue to play well and roll. Yeah. Since they lost to Ohio State, they've won five straight. Yeah. They, and, they, and now they have a rematch tonight. They whipped Iowa. Um, they hung on after blowing a big lead at Maryland on yeah. Sunday. Johnny Davis continued to, to play very well. Yeah, they got Ohio State at home tonight. Um, Only one of two teams that have beat them all year. Yeah, so they're, they're, things are going well for Bucky and then Marquette. Um, they got a big win, a uh, blowout win the other night against Georgetown. They turned around yeah. on, I think, what was it, Tuesday night and beat DePaul at home. Marquette now heads into a five-game stretch where they've got Villanova, Xavier, Seton Hall twice, and I think Creighton, and they're all ranked in the top 22 or 23 right now. Nice. And I, actually, Providence, not Creighton. So, um, yeah, Marquette's <laughs> got a real tough stretch coming up. They've really started to to show some signs of, you know, playing better. And, you know, I think they're 3-3 three and three in the Big East now. They should be 4-2 and two if they hadn't gagged that game at home against Creighton <laughs> last week. 
Um, but both teams are, are, are playing well. So that's, that's fun to see. All right. Um, NBA hoops, Bucks, um, struggling. Yeah. They've lost four out of their last five. Um, they had no success in Charlotte, uh, whatsoever. And then they, uh, they did get a win against the Nets. Are you surprised by that's their one win out of the last five games? And it was out there, right? Yeah. I was very surprised they won that one. Um, and, and, uh, Bud has been away. Darvin Ham has been the acting coach. He's gotten a couple of sniffs for some head coaching jobs. Hasn't you know? He's a former Buck. Hasn't gotten anything. Um, but the loss to the Pistons. Yeah, I mean, they're twenty six and seventeen, which isn't very good for where you would think they would be. You would think this would be they'd be more thirty and thirteen. Um, they're but they're fourth in the East. They're only three games out of the one seed. The top four seeds are pretty packed. Um, like you said, they lost four out of five. The home loss to Detroit. Um, now, granted, they've been without Holiday, DiVincenzo, Connaughton, Allen, Hill. George Hill. So they've had no guards, and it showed up a lot in these losses. Um, in the Detroit game, Sadiq Bay has a career high. He makes like nine threes, and you lose at home to the worst team in basketball. A um, couple nights later, they play Toronto at home. Um, Siakam goes nuts, has like 37 or 38 points. You lose at home. Then on Friday, like you said, they go to Brooklyn, and they beat Durant and Harden, and they look great, even without all those guys. Um, but then the next night, they lose it. They lose at Charlotte by eight. Don't play very well. And then on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, or no Monday? Yeah, Monday. They lose it uh, at Charlotte again by four in a game that, if you if you just watch the last two and a half three minutes, not having a point guard was glaring. They made two or three really stupid mistakes down the stretch that, um, just because you had guys in positions that they aren't accustomed to being in. But um, you got to get a split out of that. You just right. can't go down there and lose both. But, you know, three games in four nights, five games in basically eight days, and you're short, you're short all of your guards. It's a, t- it's a, it's a tough spot that they've been in. But um, they got Golden State at home yeah, tonight. Yeah. Uh, no Draymond for Golden State. Uh, doesn't sound like Holiday is going to play tonight, but DiVincenzo's back, Connaughton's back. I think Grayson Allen's back. But no, no Drew, no George Hill. Um, then they got Toronto again at home on Saturday. Then at Atlanta Monday afternoon on MLK Day. Um, so I mean they're they're in the mix. They just gotta you know we've been saying it most of the years to kind of started with Brooke Lopez. They just gotta get their guys back. You know How, what's the deal with the Lopez thing? Have you have you read anything? No, have you heard anything? No, he had the surgery. I don't think they really gave much of a timetable, and yeah. it's it's kind of a just wait and see. I I don't. But, think, but you were thinking right after all. Yeah, I break. think that's you know if nothing else, we're going to start hearing about them as we get towards February, kind of okay. what's going on. Um, but you know the playoffs start mid April. You'd like to have him back, God, at least by mid March if he's going to be a factor because mm-hmm. he's so goddamn big. He not only you want to get him time to get his timing back, he's got to get in shape, right? You know, yeah, you can only this ain't this ain't this ain't you know Drew Holiday. <laughs> this is a seven foot two, two hundred and eighty pound man. Yeah, you, you you can't get all that from working out in a pool or riding no, an exercise right, hell bike. No, no. Yeah. there's in shape and there's basketball yes. shape. Can't do that. 
Um, so you think there's pending trade? I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. You know, you think there's trade li- trade deadline deals uh, well, looming as well. Well, I look today, and right now you've got Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Lopez, George Hill, and Grayson Allen. Those six guys are the only guys under contract for next year. Dante DiVincenzo, his rookie deal ends this year, but they can extend him or they can offer him the qualifying offer, which is like it's slotted, and I think he's slotted in at like $6.5 million, where he can either go out as a restricted free agent and get an offer from somebody else where the Bucks can decide to match or not, or he can bet on himself, take the qualifying offer, and come back for a year. Um, Connaughton, Bobby Portis, both of those guys have player options for next year. And then uh, Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale, and Jordan Wara could all be unrestricted free agents. It's a lot of guys kind of playing the same spot. Um, they're going to have to make a decision on what they do with the Connaughton, DiVincenzo, Wara, uh, Grayson Allen foursome. They're not going to keep and pay all four. Um Grayson Allen, they they extended at the beginning of the year, so he's going to be around at least through next year and the following year, barring a trade. I think <clears throat> I would be surprised if Connaughton didn't pick up his player option because I think he loves Milwaukee. Um, Rodney Hood and Ojale, I think they'll let them walk. But Jordan Wara and DiVincenzo is kind of the interesting spot because Wara, you can probably get him for pretty cheap because... Although he's been okay when he's played. He hasn't played a ton. So nobody's going to give him a big contract. DiVincenzo, I I would think he's your trade asset right now. Um, and maybe Jordan Wara as well as a package for something. Because um, I still think the Bucks are going to need some front court help. And they're still going to need to find somebody that can at least put, bother and put a hand up on Durant. You're not going to stop him. He's just too good. Um, but I'm not sure Semi Ojale, Wes Matthews, and Drew Holiday, and a little bit of Middleton is going to be enough. Okay. Um, but then you got the Bobby Portis thing. Bobby's going to be, uh, he's got a player option at the end of the year, and he deserves to get paid. It's been fantastic this year. He was excellent for them last year. I think, just reading the tea leaves, I think he wants to stay long term. I think they want to keep him long-term. Unfortunately, Lopez is under contract next year for about $13 million. Um, so financially, I'm not sure how they're going to maneuver to sign that. It, you know, it'd be nice if Portis just picked up his $5 million player option. I think that would be silly of him to do um, because he should probably be making somewhere between 10 and 15 probably 12 to 15 a year for four or five years, somewhere in there. So you decline it, tell them you want to stay, let's get a deal done. Yes. And then they say, well, it, we can't do it. It's just a matter of how much flexibility are they right. going to have. And that's why I think not only for this year, may they they may make a trade to, you know, to make another run, but they got to look at next year because just with the six guys they've got under contract, they're, they're up against it. So... I don't know. It's it's just something to keep your eye on if you're a Bucks fan. Um, they've got some decisions to make, and they've got some tough decisions to make because Giannis and Middleton and Holiday, at least through next year, they're locked in, all of them, at over 40 a year. 
And like I said, Lopez at 13, you're already at 130 million bucks for four dudes. So be interesting. John Horse is going to have to earn his money. <laughs> uh, around the league, I know I don't think Thompson's playing tonight or tonight against the Bucks. I don't know. I didn't see. I don't. I thought I heard that he was not. Okay. Um, but but he's back. That's a big thing because yep. he's been gone for how long? Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he blew out his ACL in Game Five or Six of the Finals in twenty. 20- 19 and then as he was rehabbing he tore his Achilles Jesus. so yeah it's it's been like a solid two years and it's good to have him back um he's he's a he's a hell of a player it makes Golden State a little bit more entertaining and and they're gonna be they're gonna be a big factor we talked last week about the Bulls going on a pretty good run since then they've kind of struggled a little bit and they just got absolutely destroyed by the Nets they played a very friendly schedule so far they, you know, and and the Nets had all three of their guys last night because it was in Chicago, so Kyrie could play. I think they wanted to make a little bit of a statement. I think they put up like 140 on on the Bulls, and um, you know they were talking about it on the Buck game the other night. Bucks and Bulls haven't played yet at all. At all, the Bucks have played everybody in their division at least twice, and they haven't played the Bulls yet. That's interesting. And they they think their first game is at the end of the month, and they play them, and then like four days later, I think they play them again. So the Bulls are going to start seeing better competition now and um i i still think they're a good team but i don't think they're uh they're going to be in the number one spot for very much longer okay one other note yeah cam reddish uh was traded today from atlanta to the knicks atlanta was in the conference finals last year obviously against the bucks they are 17 and 23 i believe right now um see that drop off coming well they've had some COVID issues um and they're kind of the classic basketball case of they've got too many guys. They got a bunch of guys that all play the same position. And I mean, you you got you had Reddish, you had Gallinari, you had DeAndre Hunter, um, you had John Collins, you draft Jalen Johnson. You just got a lot of guys that are like six eight, six nine that do the same stuff. So um Reddish was in a similar situation with like a DiVincenzo where it's like we either have to pay him or we gotta move him. And we don't really want to pay this dude who's our seventh guy. We don't really want to pay him $12 million a year. Right. So they moved him to the Knicks. He, he teams up with his old college buddy, R.J. Barrett. The Knicks get a little bit more scoring. I think they sent back a couple bench guys in a first-round pick. So um, you're going to start seeing some movement in the NBA now as, as we get towards February and the All-Star break and then the deadline. And this is, this is kind of – once you get to the back end of January for the NBA, this is where you kind of start to – ramp it up a little bit and, and get out of the dog days of, of winter. So, And then right. one note on baseball, I did see there was a um, – the owners went to the players with a with a offer. Yep. It was rejected. Not shocked. One of the main things uh, I saw was the owners want to expand the playoffs even more. What? Um, yeah, we're basically like – basically it would be like the NBA where like half the league makes and it. And more, more, more people want a slice of the pie. It's the owners, yeah, because they make money at the gate. Yep, that's what it's all about. They don't really—they're not worried about the fact that they dilute the product. Um, you know, I don't—I don't know who needs to see a, a an eighty-three win, you know, fourth place Reds team in the <laughs> eight seed playing the Dodgers in a three-game series. Like, and then like if they beat them, like, is that really what we want? We want to play a hundred and sixty-two game season followed by followed by a three-game first-round series where. 
a team that wins 105 games can get beat by a team that wins 80? Like, is that really what you want for baseball? I, I don't. As a fan, I don't. Probably not. As the players, probably not. No. The owners are just looking at dollar signs. Yep. That's all. That's all that it is. So spring training. I mean, normally we're about three weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So I don't know how long this is going to last, but it's not looking good. You can't. You can't deal with a work stoppage. Um. Uh, locally, our big day on Saturday got absolutely blown to smithereens in a span of about three hours yesterday morning on Wednesday. Got updates from the Big 8 Conference website that the girls game between Craig and Beloit uh, was postponed due to COVID. The boys game followed in like two hours. And we were kind of set up. It was going to be a long day for us. I was looking forward to it, even though it was going to be a slog. You know, it would have been like a 14-hour day, 16-hour day. Yeah, we would have, yeah, four games. We would have had to get up and leave around probably, well, the first game Seven, was at 9. 7.30-ish. Yeah, we would have had to be to on the road early. And, up. and then we wouldn't have probably got home until so, close to 10. 10. Yeah. Um, but so, it would have been pretty cool. I mean, you know, I don't think WCLO had ever done four games ever. in a day, all four nope. all four Janesville teams. Um, you know, unfortunately... You know, COVID reared its ugly head, and yeah, I'm and I'm kind of bummed about that. I mean, a lot it, of people that are anxious to cancel stuff. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. So instead of four, we're doing two. Um, we're still going to Madison. Uh, we're going to watch the Parker girls, and then we're going to watch the Parker boys that night at Beloit Memorial. But I think there's a gap of about probably six, seven hours in mm-hmm. between, which gives us more time, and that's great, but. You can go home, rest your rest your pipes, drink I, eat, you know, drink a little honey water. When I come home, if I sit down, I'm gonna want to take a nap and not want to get you, well, back you, you up. You may and have go time. I know I will. Yeah, and that's that's gonna be problematic, but whatever. We're getting to the end of the first half of the Big Eight schedule, and then we're gonna jump into the second. We just kind of picked our games who we're gonna go cover, and um, and we're we're you know you're updating now your kind of the strength of the teams and doing kind of your mock seedings Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. So I'm kind of getting jazzed up for playoff time as well. That's going to be here before you know it. So, and just like that, I mean, before we blink, basketball is going to be over. Mm -hmm. Um, But hopefully we can get a lot more wins in uh, before that happens. Hope so. That is the intentional foul for this week. We appreciate you listening, downloading, and subscribing if you do so. And we obviously ask that you spread the word about us and we can build our fan base a little bit here in 2022. We would appreciate that. So uh, until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Go. Whoever plays, all the Packers don't play this week. Go Bucks.